I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Well, I'll tell you what. When we get back to the NFL in the fall, it's going to look pretty different because Tom Brady will not be a New England Patriot. He announced this morning that he is leaving the Patriots. He will officially hit the NFL's open market tomorrow, but it's expected that he's going to sign with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Here's a Patriot fan named Barry Hart dealing with the news. <laughs> this is worse than you know, Bird retiring. So we're going to be crying. You're going to hear a lot of sob stories. A lot of crying in our beers tonight. All right. That's the uh, that's the word out of Patriots Nation as uh, Tom Brady's moving on after the most successful run as a quarterback in the history of football and one of the most successful runs in the history of pro sports by any player at any position. There's a few guys who uh, won more titles and were pretty good too, but Brady's on the short list of the greatest North American team sports athlete of all time. I think he's already uh, got the greatest NFLer of all time locked up. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, my name is Reed Wilkins. It is a pleasure to be with you and as i said last night this is a talk show and i am here to talk and i am here to listen if you uh, want to text or call 780-496-0063 I, I know it's a tough time can be an up and down time for a lot of people emotionally a lot of things have changed in the world and uh, you know some things are pretty scary sometimes uh, but uh, you know i think uh, certainly dr dina hinshaw in this province as the chief medical officer is somebody people are looking up to as a pretty calm and uh, and logical leader through all this i'm sure you've heard it in the news 23 new cases today of covid-19 the total in the province is now up to 97 there were 74 yesterday 70 in the calgary region and 20 in uh, edmonton kellen we can queue up the these the, the, folks here on hold and we can get him in after we welcome a guy who's still going to join us even though we don't have hockey going on kelly rudy checking in kelly how are you doing buddy you know i'm doing okay uh it's uh, really weird times for all of us and uh here in our country i think everybody's trying to do their best to uh, uh if you don't have to maybe self isolate maybe i think we're still doing a better job a pretty good job of staying out of everybody's way and and not going out as much and so for that reason, it's, it's different. Uh, we all understand, and we're just hoping we can get through this in the next uh, while, however long that will be. Yeah, got to be patient. That's that's a word we use a lot in sports, but usually we're saying, well, if you're patient in the first period, maybe in about an hour and a half in the third period, it'll pay off. We're going to yeah. have to be patient for longer than that. And uh, like you said, re- respect what our leaders are telling us and realize that, uh, that this is in it for the, for the long haul. But I'm glad, Kelly, you and I are still going to do this every week. And uh, you never have a shortage of stories to tell. And I want to I get to one as we move along tonight. But I, I do want to ask you, 
Um, you know, you see all these proposals about if the if and when the NHL comes back, what could they do with the season and, and what should players be doing now? They were given the go-ahead to go home, you know, to their actual off-season yep. homes or, or back to Europe. Like, can you imagine being a, a player right now? I mean, I know you were a player through, uh, through a lockout, but this, this would be totally different. Can, can you imagine what you would be going through in a situation like this? Well, it's, it's totally different. Um, it's entirely different because <clears throat> there's a health component to it. So uh, wondering, uh, you know, how everybody's going to be, uh, your own health, you're worried about travel, you're worried about a number of different things, your family members, you're worried about uh, your family members, uh, say, mental health, your family members' uh, financial well-being, all these different things. It's entirely different than I did what actually I went through uh, two work stoppages as a player I went through a strike in 92 and then the first lockout in 94 and so coming back from those just from a hockey perspective uh, very uncertain times uh, the hockey wasn't great when we came back I think the the strike we went on was about 10 days we had about three days or so to get ready uh, everybody was off it wasn't very good at first and then in the uh, lockout in 94, I believe we had about four days to get ready and the hockey was pretty lousy in the first uh, couple of games. It got pretty good quickly, though, because of the uh, what was on the line. Uh, I think that if what we're talking about, it seems the, the one scenario seems to be gaining more momentum, and I know which one, uh, I know you know it's the 24-team uh, scenario. Mm-hmm. I, I seem to like that one. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, just go right into however it's going to be, some sort of round-robin tournament uh, for the Stanley Cup, no more regular season games. I think that seems to make the most sense. But having said that, can't get ahead of ourselves. What happens if uh, this coronavirus uh, picks up a lot more momentum, which it will, and then it's going to, I don't know, it it might not be until June or July. And then uh, I can't imagine the league playing at that point. Yeah, and it's interesting that I was reading some stuff today that apparently some members of the Players Association have pitched, you know, maybe they get back in in July and do a training camp and then finish the regular season so everybody gets to the same number of games, not 82, do the playoffs, award the Stanley Cup in August, have a break for the draft and free agency, and then and then start the next season. It's interesting, you know, and I will say this, and we both know, I think everybody's starting to realize getting back at it in even in May is is you know that's probably pretty unlikely. But from another standpoint, I, I just got to appreciate that people are trying to be optimistic and and have plans and say, hey, maybe there's we want to have a 2020 Stanley Cup champion, even if we got to modify it. We're trying to find a way to do something. Well, the one thing being in this industry, uh, whether it's in sports or entertainment or. It's healthy for all of us, whether, you know, you and I uh, make a living talking about sports and, and so on. But, you know, it's really important for everybody out there that they believe in, whether it's sports or entertainment and other things, because everybody has a, a busy life, a stressful life. And so we can't just disregard the importance of uh, entertainment and what it, it brings to people. And, you know, they sit around their TV, they, they have their friends or family, and they they talk about it, and it's a it's a stress relief from what they have going on in their world. So I think from that vantage point, I think it, it is important that they they try and get this season in uh, at at some point, just because it, it it's it's good for people. Uh, 
that's always been the case, and it always will be the case. Whether uh, uh, again, whether it's uh, you like sports, which I do, but uh, entertainment, you know, there's nothing better for me than going to a movie or a Broadway play or something like that. I just find that to be extremely relaxing, and when we lose those sorts of things, we're missing something in our lives. So I want them to play at whenever it's safe to do so. Kelly, I'm going to put you on hold here so you can hear this next uh, little bit of audio because you played in this game. Gets it up to Courtnall. Yeah, Courtnall starting the run. Two on two short handed. Left side. Up to Robitaille. Robitaille with Gretzky trailing. Gretzky looking. Gary Curry. So that's from March 23rd, 1994. Gretzky got his 802nd career goal to pass Gordie Howe. Came at 1447 of the second period. Kelly, you made 44 saves on 49 shots that night. Vancouver won the game 6-3. The reason I played that is because on Sunday night, uh, Sportsnet was just playing a whole bunch of portions of Gretzky's uh, record-breaking moments, and that was one of them. And and uh, and there you and there you were in net for that game. Uh, the game got stopped. There was a presentation and, and all that kind of stuff. And they didn't show the entire game, but every time Wayne touched the puck. You could hear the crowd. The announcer's voice got more excited, and uh, and he came through as he often did. You know, it's funny because uh, we had all the kids over and our grandson over and and a couple other people on Sunday. And uh, just before everybody came over, I turned on Sportsnet and I saw that game was on, and I remembered it vividly, of course. But I couldn't watch it because I, I have so many different feelings from that game. Of course. The one that stands out the most would be uh, 8.02. <clears throat> and I was on the ice, as you mentioned. I'm watching the whole play unfold uh, from my end, as you heard from the the call, that uh, Courtnell, they were, we had a power play. Courtnell came down, uh, I think, with Trevor Linden. Uh, Alex Jitnik did an amazing job of stripping Courtnell of the puck. And we're heading up ice, and I'm watching this unfold, and I'm saying, okay, this is good. We have an odd man rush. Wayne's on the ice. Uh, we had uh, Yari Curry on the ice, Luke Robitaille, and Marty McSorley jumped into the play. Now, I'm watching this unfold. I see Luke get the puck. He crosses the blue line, uh, the Vancouver blue line, drops the puck, and uh, Wayne gets it. He throws it over to McSorley, and beautiful. It couldn't have been better. And that's one of the great memories I have. Marty, of all guys, making the pass to Wayne, and he puts it in behind Kirk McClain. Now, if I were to be truthful, and if I were even telling Luke Robitaille this story, I I kind of wish, and I love Luke, everybody knows that. Um, uh, we talk regularly, so I don't have to explain myself away here, but I wish that Yari would have had the other assist, just because of the right. history with the Edmonton Oilers, right? So that that would have made it just a tiny bit more special or, or perfect, but that night was so cool to see uh, Wayne score that goal. We had a bit of a celebration in the dressing room afterwards we had hats with 802 on them and, and stuff but the, the reason I couldn't watch the game on Sunday is because that overall stretch for our team was terrible um, that game in particular is one that made it the picture playoff picture look even clearer that we weren't going to make it after going to the finals uh, the year before and, and just everything about it was 
turning ugly. And so the, that was a terrible loss for us and, and all this stuff. So great. Part of it's a great, great memory. Part of it is so ugly I couldn't watch it on Sunday. Well, I was going to ask you that because you didn't make the playoffs that season. And so I was wondering what it was like to have a, a, such an important individual accomplishment. And I assume his, I mean, his teammates obviously wanted him to get it, but you're yeah. sitting there knowing the season's going nowhere and you're playing, playing out the string type hockey. Yeah, and, and you know, it was a real energetic night. Like, the, the building was going, and that part was good. But, yeah, I could, to a certain degree, I could even kind of sense from Wayne that, okay, this is a great accomplishment, and, you know, I'm really proud and breaking Gordie Howe's record and everything. But Wayne was all about winning. And so I think that entire night uh, and that entire experience would have been a whole lot better had we been in a different situation team-wise. One other thing, and and I, you know, I lived through this year. I mean, when Gretzky got traded, I was, uh, I was fourteen. So then, you know, into the nineties, I was in my twenties when he was playing for the LA Kings. But slowly, I, I mean, watching that video too, I was really struck again by, oh yeah, he's an ex-Oiler. He's an ex-Oiler. What was it like being an LA King in the late eighties, having Gretzky on your team and playing against the Oilers, and then slowly, you know, Huddy Curry and a few other guys became teammates. Well, it was weird. Uh, you can throw in uh, Pat Conacher to that list. You can throw in Paul Coffey at times. There's, there are other guys as well that had played for the Oilers and uh, were pretty darn good players. Um, and it was just weird to have them now playing in L.A. I, I'm playing with them. But I'll tell you one thing, and a lot of the Oilers fans that uh, are a little bit older, they'll remember those days because we had a really intense rivalry with the Oilers, as you can imagine. In fact, I would say that there was uh, pure hatred between the two organizations. And it was kind of good hockey that way because it was very passionate. And, you know, to a certain degree, you don't see that same sort of passion. There's no hatred in today's game. Um, but I, I, it was just weird when I got traded there, having uh, Mike Krusenitsky, former Oiler, Wayne Gretzky, uh, McSorley. Uh, I think I'm missing somebody else at that time. And then we started adding other guys like Curry, Charlie Huddy, as you mentioned. By the way, he was so underrated, Charlie Huddy. Incredible player, added Paul and all these guys. And uh, it was cool because of their winning experiences and so on. And we learned a lot. But, uh, you know, it was just a different uh, time. And that trade, I was, you know, I was listening to your intro about Tom Brady. And he's not going to be a New England Patriot anymore. And, and I have the same feeling about Wayne. Like, that just didn't ever seem quite right. Uh, I always thought Wayne was always going to be an oiler forever. I'm glad he wasn't because he changed the course of hockey, but still certain players you think should always remain in their those original teams. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, Kelly, you're always a medicine hat tiger to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, thanks for checking in. Like I said, we're still going to do this. Uh, you and I have plenty of things to talk about. People love hearing from you. All the best to you and your family. I uh, hope they're all safe and, yeah. and, of course, making wise decisions like everybody else's. Thanks, buddy. And thank you and your listeners, Reed. That is Kelly Rudy checking in tonight, former NHL goaltender, now a broadcaster with the NHL on Rogers. And Kelly will be back on the tube when the NHL is back. We're going to take a quick timeout at 621 Inside Sports on Chet.
talking about March 23rd, 1994. He was in goal for the LA Kings when Wayne Gretzky passed Gordie Howe as the all-time leader in goals in the NHL. Gretzky got his 802nd, finished with 894. Gordie Howe, 801. Uh, Rick has a little bit to add on Wayne Gretzky. Go ahead, Rick. You know, at the, uh, with the shutout here, what I mean shutout is when the NHL is shut down, I've had to go to my DVD library. I watched the entire uh, 1972 series, and today I pulled out the 1981 uh, Edmonton Oilers, and I watched uh, Gretzky's 50 goals in 39 games. So we're talking about Wayne Gretzky tonight. I'll tell you what, if anybody has that DVD, you should watch that again. That guy is just possessed and unbelievable. And it, it, probably, without a question, the greatest goal scorer, maybe not so much prolific, but the greatest point getter in all time. He was like a coyote chasing a rabbit, <laughs> and, and he was going to score no matter what. And you, I, I'm convinced if there was three more minutes left in that game, he'd have got seven goals. Uh, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he might have, Rick. Hey, it's nice yep. to hear from you, man. I hope you're taking care of yourself, okay? Okay, buddy. Yep. Okay. That is Rick checking in, 780 I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Zero, six, three. All right. Uh, that's the number to call and text, uh, by the way. Uh, one texter says, can we talk pipelines and oil and adds an LOL? Yeah, I think that probably won't happen. We, we, I mean, look, we're in a strange time. It's not going to be a full-on sports show all the time. I don't think we'll, we'll take you where we need to go. Uh, Esks fan Glenny says, Hey, Reed, just checking in. Let's try and be positive, everyone. The craziness cannot last. Esks fan Glenny's the one that likes Misty Mountain Hop. You think we can get that on later, Kellen? You know what? You can, re- on the text line, you can request songs you would like to hear coming back from commercial. They have to have a cool guitar intro and no profanity in the first 40 seconds, please. <laughs> right, Kellen? song coming back from commercial 7804960063 we got a few coming in on the text line and uh, we'll try to play a couple of them but we're not going to be able to play all of them but thanks for thanks for contributing to the show well we might be able to play a few uh, we got still a few uh, comebacks from commercial tom brady looks like he's going to go to tampa bay more on that with dave campbell in about half an hour pga championship postponed it was supposed to start may 14th in san francisco the kentucky derby 
instead of running on May 2nd, will run on September 5th. Four members of the Brooklyn Nets have tested positive for COVID-19, including Kevin Durant. This portion of Inside Sports presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your Furnace Replacement Specialist with over 500 five-star Google reviews. Call 7804-FAMILY or visit FurnaceFamily.com. Okay. We are going to go all the way to France for our next guest. Please welcome back to Inside Sports, comedian and Oilers fan. Those are his titles tonight, the one and only Paul Meyerhawk. Paul, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, Reed. How are you? I'm doing great. It's nice to talk to you. I wish we could have done this in studio like we did a couple times in the past, but geography and the current health conditions uh, make that I- impossible. Paul, first of all, uh, can you kind of tell us how the last couple of weeks have been for you? I mean, this this virus has altered the plans for a lot of people, and uh, certainly for you, some pretty big impact. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was uh, on tour in uh, in Canada on the Snowden Comedy Tour. Um, it's a uh, it's a nationwide tour. We're going to do 65 cities across the country. Um, and we made it to, I guess, uh, as far east we went is uh, Saskatoon. So um, our tour has been uh, postponed. Um, and uh, yeah, when I got the news that uh, uh, the tour was a shutdown, then I, I caught the first plane back home to uh, to France to uh, to wait out the pandemic with uh, with uh, my Monomore here. Right. And how long has France been home for you now? Uh, three years now. Three years. And you're, is, is it Camrose you're originally from? Yeah, you betcha. Yeah, born and raised Camrose. Uh, I was uh, that was on the tour book, so uh, I got to do the show, the the home show at the Bailey Theater there. So um, that was nice to see all the friends and family. And uh, and yeah, now today um, President Macron uh, uh, put a uh, uh, curfew on us, or, or just not allowed to go outside at all. So um, uh, so we're hunkered down here and um, and and going to wait it out. All right. Well, well I want to ask you about what's going on in France, but. Doing a show in your hometown where you know you're the hometown star, you're the golden boy, you're the hero, the friends and family are there, is that easier because you know you might get some leeway or is that harder because you really want to hit a home run that night? Oh, man, I got to tell you, I love uh my i love cameras i love growing up there um i absolutely adore my friends and family i had a great life um but it is the most nerve-wracking show of my entire year every year (laughs) it is so brutal i am pacing back and forth underneath that theater uh i think about it for weeks coming up it's uh, doing stand up in front of your your friends and family is it's just that added pressure and you know some of the content you're you're double thinking because you're you know your mom and dad are in the crowd (laughs) it's uh yeah you i've had one experience where uh i I had not a not the best show in cameras uh when i was a when i was a younger comedian and it's uh it really breaks your heart when you have uh, a tough show in front of friends and family for sure oh well that's uh i'm glad it went well for you what i I think i've asked you this before but i want to revisit it and you've done stand-up all over the world are audiences different in different nations or or is that unfair to say well this country might laugh more or heckle differently or whatever um yeah i think so um i've done comedy in about 46 47 different countries and um uh, it definitely uh, place to place uh, is, is a lot different experience. I would say Canada is one of the more um, 
uh, friendly places to do stand up. If if you aren't having a good set, you you know Canadians tend to just uh, kill you with silence almost. You know, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know the UK is is uh, historically a, a more heckly, more rough uh, rough places. Uh, Scotland and Newcastle and things like that. They're going to let you know if you're having a tough set and. Um, and and uh, I work a lot in Scandinavia, Norwegian uh, audiences. Uh, you know, they all clap in unison when you walk on stage, which is uh, uh, kind of kind of strange. And uh, places like that, maybe there's not so much laughter after the punchlines, but when the whole story is complete, then they'll all break out and in in applause. So they kind of show their their appreciation. Um, just with clapping their hands rather than with laughter. So yeah, it took uh, it took a lot of years to get used to the different places, um, for sure. Okay, Paul Meyerhog joining us on Inside Sports, comedian from Camrose. Uh, as he's telling me, he lives in France now. He tours the world doing stand-up comedy. I actually saw you in Lloyd Minster, and uh, and you were hilarious. I love the bit about the zoo, though I don't think we can recreate that one on air. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, you 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 made it back to France. Like, was it? Were you worried about going back, like about if if they'd be reluctant to let you back in, or if there'd be screening, or or like what was that whole process like? Um, yeah, it was. It um, it was just on Sunday that I flew back, um, so the borders were open at that point. But I, um, yeah, I mean, I, a lot of things were running through my head. I, my life is here. My my better half is here, but. Um, at that point, we weren't sure if all the tour dates on the Snowden tour were going to be um, postponed. So um, my second plan was to my family, my mom and dad and and sister have a cabin in in British Columbia. Um, so I was going to go there and sort of self isolate. So I I didn't put my parents at risk of uh, of passing it on, hanging out at the farm. Um, I, I I don't think I have uh, COVID, but uh, you know I was shaking hands with so many people after the shows. I was just going to um make sure but uh yeah everything was running through my mind i thought is it smart going back to france or should i should i stay in a cabin in the middle of the rocky mountains and sort of go um the shining style just by myself <laughs> or, uh... well, as, long, as long as you don't go full shining <laughs> not full shining yeah <laughs> um but yeah all those things were uh were running through i mean um uh and it and it turned out um that they closed the the Schengen countries um, just yesterday, so it was kind of like uh, Indiana Jones just sliding underneath that uh, rock wall that was closing, you know. Oh, that's another great reference. You got all the good movie references tonight. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> so in in France, uh, I mean, look in Canada, we're uh, we're social distancing. We're encouraged to stay home. Uh, we got a skeleton crew here at six thirty. Chad, a lot of people working for home. I mean, certainly you can go grab your groceries, but do it. Don't interact too much. Get home, and 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 you sort of said that's. Is it even beyond that now in France, or how would you describe it? Well, um, it it sounds relatively the same. It's just, uh, yeah, they today um, uh, Macron, um, President Macron, uh, addressed the nation, and uh, there's a strict set of rules. You uh, you're not supposed to leave your home or go visit your neighbors. Um, you're you're allowed to leave home to go get groceries. Um, go for a jog. <laughs> That's right. literally one of the things he said. So they want everybody to stay in shape, so you can you can go running if you'd like to. Um, you can walk your dog, um, but 
they actually have uh, police uh, and I, I believe military checkpoints. Um, so um, if you're caught outside your house, then um, you don't have either a form um, to, like a like a hall pass, a permission slip, or or a good reason to leave the house. They they're implementing fines between 130 euro and 78 euro, something like that. So. Um, it sounds like relatively the same thing. They're just taking it a little bit more um, uh, strict here. And uh, but I believe the I think the viruses are up to six thousand or something like that around the country. So um, and giving the situation right next door to us in Italy, I think uh, they're making sure that uh, um, that they're t- everybody's you know taking uh, taking precautions. Yeah, for sure. Paul Meyerhock joining us on Inside Sports. Okay, I introduced you as comedian and Oilers fan, so let's get to the to the second part of that. The the one react and, and look, we we know it's sports and there are, are more important things in the world, but certainly one reaction I've gotten a lot of is, uh, man, they were going to the playoffs and now there might not be playoffs. Uh, how how have you been since? Uh, well, it hasn't even been a week, but since the NHL put itself on pause, as they've called it. Yeah, I mean, this must be a take that, but isn't that a classic Oilers situation, you know? Like, after after all the years we've been through it, then finally we're going to get to the place off and a pandemic uh, a pandemic hits. It's, uh, it's ridiculous. But uh, um, I, was, I was lucky enough on tour, I try to uh, schedule the time off um, around hockey games if I can. So I was able to go down to Los Angeles. I watched that Kings game uh, where they won 4-2 just on that last road trip. Yep. Um, which was fabulous. And then back in Edmonton, I was at the Golden Knights game. Um, I guess that, that was their second last game when they lost in overtime. But, uh, you know, I was, I think all of us were just so excited um, about the run and uh, and everybody was talking, you know, statistically and, and mathematics that we'd be in this year. Um, I, I And then when the, when the virus hit and it was, only going to be a couple of weeks. Uh, I thought we were so lucky because maybe we could get a rest because they sure looked tired at the end of the run there, didn't they? Yeah, I think it'll be longer than that. Do you... Yeah. Now, I know these jokes wouldn't work internationally, but they certainly would in Canada. Do you incorporate any Oilers fans' jokes into your uh, into your stand-up, or have you thought about it along the way? Actually, yeah. Um, uh, with the with the comedy tour that I'm on now, we um, we write a new 25 minutes every year. We do the same cities uh, and a lot of the same crowds, so we try to have a new show for them um, every year. But uh, my first joke was about um, uh, you know Europeans always think that Canadians are are so polite. Um, we're the polite nation on earth, is all you hear. But uh, um, you know, I, I actually think we're a scrappy kind of uh, little nation, and uh, and I made reference to the Battle of Alberta that was going on <laughs> with <laughs> with uh, Cass and Kachuk. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the problem is, is the Europeans just don't understand um, when we're trying to fist fight them over here because uh, when when they fight, they say intimidating things to each other the moments before a fist fight. But in Canada. Um, we just name a chore that's difficult to do when the threat, like we'll say, oh, bud, you better watch it or I'm going to rotate your tires, you know, and <laughs> they just don't understand. Uh, that's a good one. I uh, got, a, got a question for you on the text line. Uh, Reed, can you ask Paul who were his stand-up influences? Oh, um, yeah, absolutely. I guess uh, like a lot of guys my age when I was starting out, I've been doing stand-up 20 years, um, but uh, Mitch Hedberg was... Um, 
was uh, was sort of the coolest comic um, when I was starting. So that was definitely a huge influence for me. I, I, I would even say when I was an amateur, I was basically just doing an impression of Mitch um, until I kind of found my own legs. But, um, but yeah, I started in Edmonton um, at the Yuck Yucks in West Edmonton Mall. And um, so guys like uh, Carrie Younger and uh, Kevin Stobo and Sean LeComber, are three guys that I um, that I absolutely looked up to and uh, um, and still do today. So there, there was a, a lot of my influence there are are uh, Canadian actually. That's that's where I started and and uh, as a young guy, I always really liked those 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 three guys in particular. Yeah. Well, Paul, I know it's uh, what is it? Two almost two in the morning. There is it that late? Um. Yes. One forty-six. Thank you for thank you for doing this uh, live. I thought we might have to tape it in the afternoon, but uh, I love having you on the show. And uh, you know, Paul, I, I've said this to a lot of people. With, with this is going on, it, it's important to feel connected. So thank you for being a a proud Albertan and a proud Oilers fan who is connecting with us back here in Edmonton and in oil country, man. That's really really cool. You've done this interview. Well, thank you, and uh, I actually listen to your show uh, every day because it's nice to, you know, um, feel like uh, even just hearing the advertising and and hearing the Canadian voices when I'm when I'm at home, I I put uh, six thirty chat on the radio as I'm renovating or, or writing or whatever, and uh, so uh, yeah, thank you. I'm uh it's uh it's great content every day and if you guys are bored at home i have a podcast called the microdose uh and you can uh you can listen to that during the uh during the lockdown and uh it's always uh it's always a pleasure Reed. i really appreciate it excellent paul i look forward to the next time we see each other and we can shake hands and that day will come my friend absolutely yeah yeah it's gonna be this winter i'll probably see you at another corporate event i imagine all right on take care paul okay take care that is Paul Meyerhawk checking in from his home in France. You heard the story there. Grew up in Camrose, started doing stand-up at Yuck Yucks in West Edmonton Mall. Now he tours the world, has lived in France for the last three years. Big fan of the Edmonton Oilers. And, uh, yeah, his plans on a uh, cross-country comedy tour were uh, were greatly disrupted. The tour got called off, so he's uh, back home in France and dealing with the impacts of COVID-19 there. Great to have Paul on the show. Really appreciate it. 780-496-0063 is the number you can call or text. I think Kellen's going to give uh, probably a I have song a by request. I have a and, few. And have you, are we doing the, are you going to do the wrestling thing to me again? Yes. Do you have one ready to go? Uh, I will after this break. Oh, you're in the process. I am in the process of brainstorming as it is. Okay, so well, I don't even know what day. Was it Friday? It seems like three weeks ago. It was Friday, Yes, because yeah. Monday you weren't here. Where were you yesterday, by the way? What, uh, you had a bachelor party? Did I had happen? a bachelor party on Saturday. Uh, the Monday was a day that was scheduled off for me. Like now, did you still ago, have so. the bachelor party? Or did yes. you have to Yeah, we had some it? some form of it. Yeah, we it was able to. So you did a safer level. So. We did a safer version people. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can't you can't go out in crowds and Yeah. All right. Well I'm glad you still got it. Was, to see it some was friends, fun, it was but, great. So Okay. So you're gonna have so on Friday, Kellen asked me three WWE themed trivia questions. And I got one right. You could probably ask me the same ones and I still wouldn't know the right answer. But he's gonna hit me with those again. Uh we'll do one when we get back and spice the other two in as we move along throughout the show. Thanks for tuning in tonight. 
Hope you're doing well. Hope you're with your loved ones. It's Inside Sports on Chet. isolation that's going on feel free to get in touch with me tonight guys and gals 780-496-0063 you ever want to talk about anything talk sports talk whatever just talk to someone you're welcome to do that email inside sports at 630ched.com i will reply heck i got time in my hands too 97 cases now of covid19 in alberta 23 new ones today Dr. Dina Hinshaw says the uh, time had come for the province, the province to call a state of public emergency. But it does seem to me that we are seeing a few more instances where uh, community transmission is possible. Uh, in addition, we're, we're seeing examples such as the dental conference that I've re- referenced before. And we now have six cases in Alberta alone from that one dental conference. So we are trying to get the word out about instances like that. All right, so Dr. Hinshaw will continue to give uh, the updates. Uh, 97 now, the number in Alberta, 70 in the Calgary zone, 20 in Edmonton, three each in the central and south zones, one in the north. And let's just, I'm probably stating the obvious, but I I feel in a time like this, we're all a little frazzled uh, and a little upset. Just because, you know, one zone might have fewer cases than the other doesn't mean it's safe in that zone that you can just go do what you want like this you know the 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 social distancing staying home a lot working from home we have to we have to bunker down here that this is going to go on for a while and there might be some positive days along the way but we have to remember that doesn't end the pandemic or or end the situation we got to remember we're we're in this for the long haul and we got to wait and it could take a while until we get the all clear uh from the people that it that it matters, like the Premier, like Dr. Hinshaw, like the World Health Organization, people like that. We have uh, Dean on the line. Dean, uh, how long is your story? Because we're in the final minute. Do you want to do it after the news or do you want to do it now? I'll make it quick. Okay. When I was a kid, my parents lived in a house with a basement suite. And in the basement suite, there's a fellow by the name of Jim Balahas who used to work for the Oil Kings. Uh, which was just down in the flats, just uh, uh, south of the McDonald Hotel where the Oil King's office was. Anyways, he w- um, was in cohere- was in, in, uh, partnership with Bill Hunter. And I remember as a kid, him and Bill Hunter coming to the house and going down into the... I was just a kid. I was like six. Oh, really? Yeah. And I can distinctly remember the car. It was a dark green uh, Chevy, either Impeller or Biscayne. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, around the same time, uh, I remember seeing uh, Gordy Howe, Mark and Marty playing with the Houston Arrows in the uh, Edmonton Gardens. Oh, when they came through in the WHA? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I just thought I'd throw that out there and lighten up to all the doom and gloom and everything that's going on today these days. No, so I appreciate that, Dean. You're, you're always welcome to call. That is a cool memory. Thanks for sharing, man. 
Awesome. I'll talk to you later. Looks like Tom Brady as a Patriot is now a memory. We'll discuss with Dave Campbell, who may be in his garage for the upcoming interview. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.